let's begin. So first off, Seema, thank you so much for joining us today for a session on what I believe to be one of the most important skills for everyone. I think regardless of their industry, their experience, their gender even, and you know, the fact that we received 300 plus registrations for this um, is proof enough. Um, members, please meet the very dynamic Seema Chaturvedi. She is the founder and managing partner at all, like you like to uh, call it Seema, which is Achieving Women Equity Funds. In her experience spanning two decades, Seema has led companies and helped define growth trajectories with the investment thesis that women businesses can be a great investment for both commercial and economic development, she launched the Achieving the Women Entrepreneurs Fund to invest in women-owned, led, and influenced companies. Woohoo, big one. <laughs> so welcome again, Seema, and thank you for doing this for us. Thank you, Ishwani, and thank you to the amazing... I love this energy, and I love the... The drives, great to see all of you. I've had a chance to look through some of your backgrounds. I'm very impressed with everything that you've accomplished uh, thus far and the, the growth trajectory that you all are on to accomplish a lot more in your life. So you have my unstinted, uh, unmitigated support in doing that. And you know, I'm here to share what's worked for me, what's not worked for me, things that uh, can help you. So. The way we structured this, I know this is a very dynamic forum. Um, to give it more structure, I've got a few slides, uh, which when you would, uh, if that's okay, I'll start with that and let's make it more interactive. So I don't want to be the only one talking, definitely not. Absolutely. And if there's any questions you have, happy to answer. Sure. Before you start, Seema, I'm going to like attack you with a quick rapid fire if that's okay. okay. Sure. <laughs> just, just so our members can get to know you a little bit better. Very quick one. Um, and the only request is please be as rapid and full of fire as possible. So no, no time to think, huh? Nope. Okay. Just like I'll, try my best. I'll try my best. <laughs> okay. First one coming up. The one networking myth that is actually true. That is actually, ah, oh, <laughs> that is actually true. Yep. Oh, um, out of sight is out of mind. Hmm. Um, a book by your bedside. A book by my website, uh, bedside that I just read is Red Notice by Bill Browder. Incredible. Love it. You all should read it. It's, and, and I know I'm not allowed to elaborate, but I should. It is from the vantage point of an investment banker who becomes one of the most prolific investors. And he talks about his, his whole journey and how he became an entrepreneur and the pit in his stomach and the fear. And for all of us who think we are the only ones going through that journey, I think it's a game changer. Definitely adding that to our reading list. Okay, um, your take on crypto, fad or here to stay? I think it's here to stay. And the last one, Lil Heavy, a lesson you learned rather late in life. Get a mentor. <laughs> Super. Thank you, Seema. That was indeed very, very rapid and full of fire for sure. Um, members, like Seema said, she's got a quick presentation for you. And you know the rules. Please start dropping your questions as well as comments uh, in the chat box. We, of course, are going to do our best to take the questions that haven't been answered already as we, of course, take a deep dive into the conversation. Over yes, to you, Seema. 
Thank you. I'm going to find my presentation here. Let's see. You guys can, you all can see my screen. Yep. Perfect. All right. Well, I do wear two hats and I come to you not just with the hat of, uh, of funds, which is achieving women equity, but also achieving women enterprise. And, and my background is steeped in, um, just to give it more color, investment banking, then evolving into a venture fund and I've been an investor as well. So that's kind of been what's guided me. I did begin my career in India, but then I uh, worked in uh, US as well uh, for the past actually many years, <laughs> but we'll round it down to two decades. Uh, but with that said, um, I want to focus on, if I can move the screen, there was my little, yeah. Uh, I thought it might make sense to give it a proper framework and given that a lot of you have indeed said that it, this could be a good guidance, guidance, guiding um, framework for you. So why network? I think it's obvious, but let's stay, call it out and say it out loud. Uh, approach to network and how to build relationships. Uh, it is not meant to be, I want to emphasize uh, a speed dating or an elevator pitch session. That's another thing. I'm also not going to touch upon the various tools. I think all of you are super adept at most tools. This is a dated slide. So there are many more new uh, networking tools out there. I'll leave it up to you. I'm going back to the basics. I'm going back to what works. So why network? Well, uh, I, I don't know, I'm assuming, or you might have all heard that the power of alliance is always going to, irrespective of how brilliant you are, irrespective of how ge yeah, off the charts genius you are, a group will always outperform an individual. And so, you know, the question is, do you want to go far or do you want to go uh, fast? And um, interestingly, the whole world uh, works on collaboration. And all of us grew up in our schools, and I think that's still prevalent now, where you were emphasized, independent working was emphasized. Uh, and if you collaborated, that was called cheating, right? But the real world actually rewards that as collaboration skills. And so you need to have an ability to develop those. Uh, so how do you maximize your net worth? Well, uh, for those of us who are from some level of you know some math background. I think most of us probably have some uh, focus on that. Um, it is really a function of your network and your own potential. So it's a simple formula. And I want to emphasize this: if you want to maximize your net worth, you got to maximize. It's really a maximize one of these two. And if you maximize your network, you can magnify your potential, and that's important. So. How do you approach? So I'm going to try and put words to what some of you might intuitively know and give it more, as I've been saying, a framework. So how do you approach networking? You can be a taker. You can say, hey, I have, I, I need this from you. What that does is it the person who's doing you the favor might do it once or twice, but it does begin to say, is she using us? or is she just in it for a transactional purpose? The other one is a matter where you say, I have something to give you, you have something that I want from, but it is not um, a relationship driven approach. I call it more transactional. I prefer what's called being a giver. And it is, you play the long game, it, and all of you are so young, you, this is the exact time you should be investing in this and start early, it's the compounding effect for all of us who've studied uh, 
especially economics, uh, the compounding effect of how countries have changed in their growth trajectory. It is a long-term strategy. You build relationships. You take greater risk because you're not, you know, you're not getting an instant reward, but the cumulative effect of that reward is pretty high. So how do you build a relationship? Well, you can have two approaches. Um, you can be a giver in which you say, hey, I need to help, I can help you. But you might actually have an urgent need where you can't be a giver. Like if you want to go to say, for example, you know, Kiran Majumdar Shah, and we'll actually get to that in a bit, but you may have an ask of your boss and you say, I wanna give you this, I wanna ask this, but I'd like to give you something in return, but don't make it more transactional, make it very subtle. So people may say, what do I give to say my boss or somebody who's recruiting me? There are multiple things you can give to them. And trust me, all of you young people have a very serious advantage and I'll come to that in a minute, but you could you could give your labor. You know, you may say, well, you know, I don't have anything um, valuable to give. No, you do. You have your ability to work and contribute hours of your own time. You are all highly intelligent. You have developed or should be developing some level of domain expertise. And just by being young and current, trust me, you have a technology leg up um, on a lot of older people who've achieved. And, and this is the one generation I tell, which does not have to necessarily wait to earn its spot because you have a natural advantage to being more current with, with simple things like apps. Um, you could be giving your credibility. You could be saying, you know, hey, I, I know such and such person. Uh, you know, the world operates on, I mean, there's so many social um, networking apps that have come on degrees of separation, right? So the fact is that you're vouching for somebody's uh, ability is a very valuable um, endorsement that you can give value to. You could be introducing people and you could do things like research. You know, you, you might come across newspaper articles that are aligned with um, somebody's interests. Take the, take the 30 seconds it takes to send them an email. I'm going to, by the way, I have 15 minutes to make this and we can go back to any of these, but I'm going to go through that. And Vimanshi, keep telling me if I'm going too slow, okay? I won't be offended because I do tend to just get carried away. Um, all right, so uh, how to give? So the question is, if giving is a better form of networking, how do you, how do you give? Well, the most basic thing is just listen and ask because the one art that we have all lost and I'm guilty of that too, is just taking the time to listen and actually listen, not just hear, there's a big difference. And then once you listen, you can actually ask for how you can help people. Um, do not focus on keep, keeping score. It's not like, oh, I did one thing for you. So you do to, you know, I'll be better off if she did two for me. It, it, it's the long game, it evens up. Um, Symbolic gestures, if you don't have, again, if you don't have any of what I defined to you, for example, I don't think any of you are students right now, but if you were, uh, you were, uh, as an example, and you had recruiters on your campus, you, what are you really gonna, you're looking for a job yourself, right? So you are willing to do some, something as simple as saying, hey, can I, I'd be happy to make photocopies of 
what whatever you want us to distribute it's just conveying that willingness to help that is important and that becomes even more true and i don't mean to say impoverished as in poor but it becomes even more relevant when you are um when you don't really have any of what i just dis uh, described uh, earlier expressing gratitude is a lost art uh, so please take the time it differentiates you automatically 90 95% of the people just don't even bother taking either are not sensitized to expressing gratitude or just don't think it's worth their time to express gratitude so uh, take the time to do that so how do you build relationships so the question becomes who do you contact how do you initiate a contact i'll get into all of that um so who do you contact so people you know people ahead of you your peers and people behind you a lot of people just assume and especially when they college or even on their early career that they are going to just network with their managers or their vice presidents or their partners if you're in a consulting firm well guess what your peers are going to be around and where i have arrived at i'm noticing my juniors were people who are all doing rather well right so take the time to become their good friends and you got at least 20 30 years ahead of you uh, everybody is going to do i mean the fact that you're so driven you have chosen to show up to this call even means that and you are in a great cohort people younger than you are also going to so take the long you know always the, that's the guiding principle um how do you find these kind of people so you you find them by uh essentially reaching out proactively and saying who's more you know what's the kind of path i want to go and that that was what i said in my rapid fire question i can't emphasize the importance of mentors i say that to my kids all the time find somebody you cannot expect that mentor doesn't have to be with you all through your life even somebody who is 100 steps ahead of you can be a good mentor because they've seen the movie as as, as and that's something i say a lot choose somebody who's seen the movie who can tell you where the pitfalls are what to avoid and where to accelerate so you can choose people proactively or you can respond to them reactively i am more of a proactive person and that approach works for me better so channels of how you can proactively reach out to people well um again all of you are really good at this uh, social media alumni all of you come from great schools um membership directories look at leap it's a great and friends of friends i mean again something that you that you should be doing if you're not already doing a linkedin etc is a great channel communication if you can invest in the premium version no they do not pay me to say this but feel free to uh, check it out i think it's valuable to be able to reach out to people and that has made this has become such a leveler these kind of tools i mean earlier back in the day we would have to wait for our turn to be able to even reach out and be noticed but you know i've reached out to so many people that are just incredible and they've actually some of them have taken the time to answer me um and i'll give you some examples as we move along how do you initiate contact again um you can emphasize the one thing that helps a lot is emphasizing what you have um in common and i um and common friends is a very important very important common ground see everybody gravitates towards what's familiar right it's just natural human tendency if you can emphasize what you have in common with them 
they will begin to see you less as an unknown person and more as a familiar person. It's just human psychology. If you have heard them or attended a conference where they spoke, start your email with that and say, I heard you at such and such and your message of X really resonated with me. Trust me, every human being loves to be told they're great. So I'm not saying lay thick. I'm not saying, you know, be obsequious, but be genuine. And that's actually a bullet point I have somewhere. Uh, be genuine and, and truly try to, uh, the premise here is that if you are reaching out to people who are kind of in your line of work and, and um, you are interested in their work. In-person contact is something pre-COVID uh, we all preferred and I still prefer and hopefully they'll be easing soon. And there is, and somebody I, I think asked this question, but I'll preemptively answer it here. The small talk is great. And to my, the point I just made, finding common ground is a way to bring down the barrier. And it just, it just you know, takes the defenses away because everybody approaches a new person with a guard around them. But if you say, uh, and, and I'll, I'll give some examples of small talk. Um, it just helps people say, okay, this is friend territory. It's not enemy ter territory. I can let my guards down. Uh, and you can ask things about people's personal goals. Now, I'm not saying you go to your partner and say, uh, hey, what's your problem? <laughs> and you, know, you know, they're not going to open up to you and give your mar their marital problems to you. But there's always needs that you can, that they have, that you can, everybody is looking for a sympathetic ear. And the advantage of in-person contact is, of course, you can see uh, what their body language is. But I cannot emphasize the need for listening because half the time, and I'm, I can't say how guilty I am of this as well. I have to remind myself, you know, when you ask somebody a question, please listen to what they're saying. And then you'll know what you can give because you, the guys actually told you what they want, right? And so it, it's helpful because now you, you, you're not guessing what they want. So here's a, it's not my structure. Let me give attribution here because it is important to give attribution. So there is, uh, and somebody asked me this question as well, but there is this whole structure that you can formulate. Ask an open-ended question. Do not ask closed questions. Close a, it's not a yes, no question. Ask an open-ended open question, which allows them to expand on what they're saying. Um, it, it, you know, what are your thoughts on? ABC, you know, and then everybody has loves pontificating and then listen carefully, like I've been emphasizing. Uh, if you have a personal experience related to that, chime in and say, oh, yeah, I, I know, you know, if so, for example, what are your thoughts on farmers protesting? And then if you happen to have an agri connection, say, yeah, I, I you know, come from a farming fa family or I have such and such relative or I did a project on agri. And this is what my feeling was, share your personal experience. Even if you don't have one, be curious and then ask a question and either go deeper or you can go broader. I mean, I'm just laying out, I found this framework very interesting uh, because Victor Cheng was a McKinsey consultant uh, in his past life and, and um, he, I like the way he lays this out. All right, so transitioning, um, most common, you know, when, you, when you're beginning to get into the small talk, and you've started kind of established that you have some common ground, then you start transitioning to saying, okay, you can't spend your whole conversation just talking about what their wife and kids do or their husband does. Um, you can start transitioning to what line of work are you in? What do you do when you're not doing playing football or cricket with your 
kids um, and if you find out what industry they are, ask them what they're working on, what are their goals and situations. And I, can't, I, I keep saying this, listen, because this is bears repetition almost on every slide. It is an important thing that most people do not do not do. And they just tune off the moment somebody starts talking. So again, um, go back to offer and give. Uh, examples of give first, I, you know, some of the examples could be, for example, uh, you could send research an article that is of some interest. I, I'm looking to invest in certain industries, for example, and I might just put a plug in here um, of, of we're looking to invest in women businesses, in health, uh, food and agri. Uh, these are all tech enabled education, fintech, and uh, um, what did I miss? Health and education, <laughs> uh, fintech, agri. Those are primary sectors for us. If you come across any industry, hey, the industry is dipping, or I think such a such industry is going to grow. You know, it's going to be of some help. I noticed somebody's from uh, somebody's from Bain here. Again, that's something that they may benefit from as well because they are in the business of consulting, right? Uh, you can do that via email. Somebody asked me the question about I'm an introvert, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, you can you can do that remotely as well. Uh, we can get into examples. I'll save some time on this slide. Uh, maintaining, so main, people do ask, ask the question of how often do should I be in their face? Um, you gotta be adding value because if you're just a nuisance and you're just showing up, people kind of start getting a little annoyed. So there is no magic to how often should you be reaching out to people. I would say, you know, I'd make a point of trying to reach out to some some important folk, at least a, on a quarterly basis as a personal, but as an organization, um, uh, we try to keep up with our monthly newsletters, et cetera, and they have the option of opting out. Um, but again, it's, it's really a function of the kind of people that you're trying to reach out to, uh, but, there's got to be some some level of consistency, but again, the value addition should be clear. And I've reached out to people who are heading billion dollar companies, and you'd be surprised with how responsive they are in their appreciation for what you sent to them. Uh, again, it has to be thoughtful. Uh, guidelines for asking for help. First of all, level your expectations. You know, the person's busy. You can't just expect them to stop there life and drop everything and help you. Um, and then make it comfortable for them to say no. This is something I've learned over a period of time. If they say no, also a no is not a no for infinity. It is a no for that moment, for that particular ask that you had and, and make it comfortable because then if it becomes awkward, you can't go back to them with a second ask. And always, as I said, say, thank you. Um, because most people do not. And you'll stand out just by doing simple things of expressing gratitude. Um, how to make a great lasting impression, offer something, offer to give something that is, has serious value. Um, again, we went through the forms of, of what could be valuable to other people. Um, important, please follow through your offer. Don't just offer it and then forget about it because that affects your credibility. It's some, 
when you offer, you deliver, and then you repeat, it creates it creates this whole attitude about you um, that you're seen more as a giver and people come to you for, and they will step up when you need help. Uh, you will definitely not be forgotten if you, if you continue doing this. Uh, unique situations, okay, this question did get asked. Uh, networking for shy people, introverted people. Uh, start with emails. It's a non-threatening environment. Nobody's sitting there looking at you and you can be comfortable in writing out your thoughts. Practice with people that are more shy than you are because the world has degrees of shyness, right? And you'd be amazed. And you'd actually be seen as an extrovert um, by somebody who's more shy than you. And by putting them at ease, you will recognize that you can actually be benefited from having you. It'll just demystify it for you. You're like, oh, I put that person to ease. So it's not that bad. I can do it too. Um, start with, start small. Go up to strangers and ask them simple questions. Like, hey, what, you know, ask for directions. Ask the, the waiter for ketchup or, or something that you totally don't know. That, you know. that is so innocuous and so innocent and so non-threatening. Um, do not... And, and I have some very close relatives who are extremely introverted and extremely shy. And I keep telling them, you know, it's the voice in your head needs to quiet down. And the world is not sitting inside your head. You listen to the other people, not the voices inside your head. Because the voices inside your head sometimes get louder than the voices outside your head. Um, and you all, the introverts have such a serious advantage because you are naturally adept at listening because you are shy. And you know, I, I think of it as a two-way radio. If you're talking, you're not listening. And if you're listening, then you're taking in what the other person actually is saying. And as you've said, seen, the consistent thread in my presentation is the importance of listening in networking. And thoughtfulness is, it comes out of the fact that you've paid attention to what the person actually wants and where the pain points are. So I think introvert, and, and actually there was a survey done, I wanna say which suggested like 60 to 70% of the global CEOs, the most successful CEOs are introverts. So you got a natural advantage. All right, the oh, networking. Sorry, Seema, I'm gonna call time police. <laughs> We've just right. another minute to go because lots of questions for you in the chat box. Okay, all right. So let's, let's pause it here. I think I was pretty close to being done, but let's pause it here. Yeah. I, I especially let you uh, take the introvert slide because we have so many questions on that. Okay, so should I stop sharing it then? I, I think you should just go with this point because uh, I think it's relevant to all of us. So we'll give it another few quick seconds if you like, or I can also take oh. the questions. No worries. Yeah, let's start with the questions. We will. Oh, wow, I definitely took my notes. I don't know about everyone else. Thank you so much, Seema. I am going to jump straight to a question that had come in and you know you started even in the rapid fire by speaking about how important it is to have a mentor and something our members asked us a lot is you know how everyone nets networks for different reasons some want to grow in their careers some want to pivot and some actually want to get mentored so how can one network for that particular goal and what are your recommendations for assessing the right fit while networking? Like, how do you assess that? 
So see, um, mentoring by itself is for a goal as well, which is essentially to grow yourself either professionally, personally, or both. Um, and so one person doesn't have to be, it doesn't all have to come from one person. So let's dispel with that myth that one person has all the answers. If they did, they'd be doing a lot more in their own lives as well, right? So develop people for different aspects and understand. So for example, um, you know, when I was um, starting out, I, well, I didn't have a mentor then, but when I started going down the path of doing uh, deals in a particular industry uh, and I was thrown into automotive because I was big in automotive, uh, I mean, my firm was big in automotive, I just found automotive executives who I went out, I said, can I meet you for lunch? And for whatever reason, they would say fine because everybody has to eat at some point, right? And, and I would say, I'd be happy to meet you for breakfast. And I offered to pay, some would take it, some wouldn't. Um, and that was a good way of meeting. How do you find the fit? It's really a question of you defining what you yourself don't, may not know what you don't know. That's the whole point of needing a mentor, right? Because the mentor's going to say, you don't know this. And then you say, aha, I should be knowing this. But I say, start with the direction of where you're headed. If you, for example, I'm just going to take the example of that Bain person, you know, who I think I read, there were a couple. Um, if you're a consultant and you're looking to get specialized in a particular industry, find out who the leaders are in that you already carry a great calling card. And for you to say, I'm interested in knowing more about your industry. Can I come in or can I meet you already now? Just, you know, take 30 minutes of your time. And I have some questions. The one greatly kept secret that I'm going to share with all of you ladies is people at the top actually have a lot of time because they have delegated most of their work. I love that. <laughs> and it is that, you know, most people are like, oh, chairman, I shouldn't. One, here's the second secret. I always go to the chairman or the CEO. I don't ever go to the VP for the simple reason that when it comes from the top, it'll land at the VP and the VP will take you more seriously. If you start at the VP, it'll never go higher and nobody will ever know. So again, pick and choose, right? Again, it, it's, it's, and it's, a, it's a circumstantial. So I'm not saying if you're saying I'm having issues on how to take care of my kids, you don't want to go to the chairman for it. But if you have a professional, you know, then you go to an HR person for it or, or related to that. Professionally, do not be shy of reaching out to senior people because senior people are sitting there. Their only purpose in life at that point is to decide strategy and where, they, where the company is going to go. And so they're not opposed to, and they get bored by being surrounded by people who are their age. So they see all these young people and say, ah, this is an interesting way to see how the young world is thinking. And trust, and here's the other sad truth is that their kids don't give me, give them as much bhav. <laughs> so, <laughs> so any young person asking them questions just makes them feel appreciated. And they're like, okay, our kids don't listen to us anyway. So at least somebody is asking us for advice. Wow, that is gold. I don't know about everyone else. I'm definitely on this cold email business like now. <laughs> awesome. Um, Chahat had an interesting question related to the boundaries with networking. Chahat, do you want to unmute yourself and ask Seema? Yeah, sure. Thank you. So first of all, lovely session. Thank you so much for that. And uh, my question is that I'm, I'm actually good with networking. And you are right. You always start on the top. And the 
problem over there is not everyone is good with saying no. Like a person like me, I don't know how to say no. And I spread myself thin every time. And I and that makes me hate networking, irrespective of how good I am at it. Because you don't want to be in a position when doing a favor or helping someone else out harms you in return. So how do we set boundaries? And when you do say no, how do we make sure that our relationship is not spoiled? Because that's very important. If we are building relationship, let's say on the top, you don't want that to backfire, right? So uh, how do we fix that? Yeah, so Chahad, that, that question then presupposes that you're the giver in the relationship because that would be the reason why you would be thread thin, right? So if you're the giver in the relationship, I think you know people do understand that um, you are not gonna kill yourself to do something uh, as a favor. And what you might offer to do is, uh, remember what I said that a no is only for that moment in time for that particular ask. And most people, especially people who arrived at, at my age and who've been through this journey, have learned that. And so for you to then phrase it and say, yeah, I'd love to help you, but currently I'm really tied up. I've got this assignment due at work. Can I come back? You know, can I help you the next time? You're kicking the can down the road in a manner that you're not offending somebody, but you're also explicitly vocalizing the fact that the no is only circumstantial for that particular moment and for that particular ask. So I, I found that to be an effective way of saying I, I am and I'm you know being honest with you as the taker because I value our relationship but unfortunately I'm so stretched just be honest and one of the latest slides does talk about the need to be authentic and and genuine in your conversations and people appreciate this look there's only 24 hours if you can do something great if you can't you've not blocked them you've said, you know, move on to the next person. I'd love to help you the next time. But the next time, if you genuinely have an ability to help them, help them. And even then you shouldn't feel pressured. Because again, the important thing is be genuine, be upfront, be honest in your um, demeanor and your conversations and explain to them what your problem is. You know, one of my colleagues famously used to say, make me part of your problem, don't make me part of your solution, right? So don't, it, it doesn't hurt to say, this is, hey, I'm, I'm stretched. Hopefully that answers. Yes, thank you. Sure. Um, we have a lot of questions in the chat box to do with the small talk. Um, and I think Sonam, Anuradha, Chandni, you all had these questions. Uh, Sonam, would you like to unmute yourself and, um, ask Seema on everyone's behalf. Sure, thank you. Uh, Seema, thank you for the session. It is very, very helpful. Um, you know, I have been very hesitant about networking because I am scared with small talk. I, I can sometimes not do it. Most times can't do it. So how do you, how do we initially break that ice and then ensure that you're building the relationship and it's not just small talk? Yeah, so I, you know, that's a very important question. And I think what you're trying to do is step back and say, what is the small talk for, right? Small talks break ice. And um, the one thing what you wanna think of it as a Venn diagram. And if there are two little circles outside, there's no commonality. The small talk is essentially trying to overlap the Venn diagram, right? And you're establishing common ground. That's what small talk is doing. 
uh, one great way of establishing small talk or is just being current with your what's going around you, right? I mean, an easy ask, an easy way to start right now, unfortunately, is, hey, is your family okay with COVID and are you safe? It's conveying your concern. Um, and it's so out there in everybody's face that everybody has a response to it. And um, it was, uh, you know, so that becomes easy. In better times, uh, if there is a cricket match happening and you know the person has interest in cricket and you kind of know something, it doesn't hurt to know. Uh, back in the day um, when I was in college, Imran Khan used to be a big deal. So we used to <laughs> talk about that. Now we talk about him for another reason. But um, yeah, uh, so, so, so what you got to step away is saying, I'm trying to find something in common with this person, right? If they are from say, Nagpur, so you say, hey, and you know something about Nagpur and say, on the origin, orange is the greatest in Nagpur, or, you know, or if somebody's from Jaipur, say the handicrafts are beautiful, or, or just say, I love your shoes. You know, it could be as simple as that. Where do you get your shoes from? Trust me, everybody loves being complimented. And if nothing, just ask them about themselves. Everybody also loves to talk about themselves. And if it could be, uh, you know, where do you graduate? Did you, which city did you grow up? Which college did you, you know, uh, which city did you grow up? And what was it that you liked about those, that city? When did you come to, and if you are say in Mumbai or Delhi, did you grow up in Delhi? Did you grow up in, or did you come here? And then again, the function is listen, because if the person says, I grew up in Delhi, then you, or I did not grow up in Delhi. You can't just say, oh, so, you know, your second sentence follow-on question cannot be assuming that uh, an answer. Because if she says, I did not grow up in Delhi and you say, oh yeah, how was your childhood in Delhi? Well, she'll say, okay, so you're not even paying attention to what I'm saying. When I told you I came here when I was in college and you've already pissed me off because you have zero interest in my answer. And so listen, but uh, small talk, you know, one, you got to understand, um, it, it, just they are for the introverts and the shy people. What and I and I tell my uh, my kids uh, who are also kind of shy um, is prepare with four or five questions, four or five topics, and uh, and my uh, my daughter started doing that very effectively. She goes uh, and asks a question which is so open ended, and the person just launches into this extremely lengthy description and then they feel so appreciated because they had an audience because everybody's so starved of attention that they're like okay this person actually heard me what a nice girl what a great networker <laughs> so works like a charm thank you that's useful thank you sure uh Debishi, would you like to unmute yourself and ask your question hi seema Hi, David. How are you? I am doing good. Amazing session. And uh, before I ask the question, I want to acknowledge you for saying the no. The no, like I always say, no means next. No is for, uh, it's not for infinite. That's gold. And, you know, you kind of endorsed my belief in that. So my question is, uh, you know, at times um, I meet a lot of interesting people whom I don't have, I, I don't see an immediate purpose to connect. And I have a lot of them in my network. 
so but they are not the ones i am interacting they are kind of like you know inactive network so uh, i at times feel like you know uh, am i networking correctly with them they're engaging with my post but they are silent and most of them uh, maybe the high profile people so should i network and on the other hand there's like very active group of young people even uh, you know uh, who are uh, change makers 17 18 20 are super active and uh, you know uh, i'm the giver out there so so what should be and with covid i think the number has tilted towards the young generation uh, so in terms of networking how do we like you know have that balance Uh, or how do we should we have a purpose or you know should we connect because of, with the purpose or we keep the person in mind when you are connecting it's it's blur right now as you know I, i'm pretty new to networking but you know i've been dying, doing it recently for past one year so i think it's the right time to ask the question now devashi so there's um i mean every every person is uh, there's no one size fits all okay mm-hmm. so let's get that out of the way um there is no such thing as as my boss used to say there's no such thing as a bad meeting some things some meetings are just better than the others right mm-hmm. having said that you need to be smart about where you're using your time because time is the ultimate asset that cannot be replicated everything else can be replicated so you want to be very mindful of how you're using your time having said that it doesn't cost a whole lot uh, and going back to the point i made always lead if you can by being a giver and the best time to network is when you don't need anything in exchange because then you're not being a taker then you're just like i'm just appreciating you for who you are right again mm-hmm. don't let that consume you don't sit there and send fan mails to people who um not do anything or but life evolves your career mm-hmm. will evolve you don't know when those people will come in handy so my advice there is if you meet somebody say if you meet i don't know pick a name kiran majumdar shaw and mm. and you meet her and you happen to get her email it doesn't hurt for you to send her an email saying i really enjoyed talking with you and chances are being courteous she'll say i'm glad you enjoyed it save that email 20 ten years from now when you need some help and you still have that email use that and say miss shaw i really enjoyed that your meeting 10 years ago and i would like to see if i can meet abc from your organization i've actually done that and it's been immensely helpful because it again you what are you doing you're building common ground and here your common ground mm. is the fact that you've met her or heard her and she actually responded so seeing her reply too now mm. i'm not suggesting you all become stalkers and <laughs> become cia that you start but mm-hmm. for such people absolutely i've got an email from uh shortsman from blackstone and i've saved it because i fully intend to uh use to use that if i need to reach out to him again yeah i i think you answered the question beautifully i was thinking in a very short term perspective but i got that it's a long game and uh, long you know game. being yeah 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 i think that makes a lot of sense and i'm going to save and building the foundation right now and having very valuable uh, you know connections right now and let the value grow and wait and devishi i want to emphasize and you bring something up i want to play that mm-hmm. and make probably might was uh, might have been mm-hmm. my later slides 
Mm-hmm. It is not a one-to-one. It is not like I give you one and you give me one. It could, mm-hmm. and it is not a person A to person B. It could be person A going to C who then gives to B because, and then B becomes grateful to you. So, so I may have nothing to offer to you, but I may mm-hmm. know somebody who has something to offer to you mm-hmm. and you will then be grateful to me because I made that introduction. So, you know, the forms of, Uh, where you can create value that's one form and so uh, you know I think that's a very valuable uh, thing to offer especially if somebody's saying hey I'm Mm -hmm. looking for a career change Mm -hmm. and you say I am in pharma and you are in retail I or you know pick another industry agri Mm -hmm. I have nothing to offer you but I met this one cool guy who was in agri I'm happy to connect you they might discover some value you had absolutely nothing to offer other than a contact right and so if you were out there, the only way you could do it is if you met this agri guy who had nothing to offer to you either, but you saved the contacts. Please invest in a very good um, contact tracker. It's well worth, extremely well worth your time. Uh, so yeah, highly recommend that. Thank you so much. You opened up a big horizon in front of me the way I look into networking. Thank you so much. And now there's some tech tools that you should investigate um, that actually track all your email and you can start doing it. You, they, they, they're not just for companies, but for your personal accounts as well. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I learned uh, many years ago, and this guy's a genius on it, every t- card he would take, he would write the person where he met and what date he met. And then he would give it to a secretary who would document it. I, met, I called him after, I want to say 18 mm-hmm. years, um, he was the CEO of IDFC, mm. Louis Miranda. Mm. And he said, Seema, we met in, uh, you know, 2001 or 2002 on such and such date at such and such conference. I was like, you know, it was just incredible for him to have tracked that. And mm. it, just is, it, it just builds continuity. So mm. I've been doing that ever since. I mean, I saw him noting it down. So I've been yeah. trying to copy, but I'm not as good at it as he is. But he also has, has a very active uh, support system. <laughs> so it helped to have a secretary uh, many years ago. Well, that's, that's great. Thank you so much. So Vishwan, you can ask the next question. Yes. Um, we, do, we are inching close to time, but Seema was kind enough to give us a few additional minutes. So I am going to take, take a few questions from the chat box. But Seema, on the topic of you know, how you mentioned that um, so many different industries, people network outside their industry, and you yourself have had a career across many industries for 20 years. So, you know, how does one ensure they stay relevant um, in their industry? And, you know, potentially this has more to do with gaining that influence, which is also a part of our topic. So how does one do that? No, I think that's a very important thing, Vishwani. So what I, I call it having gravitas. So you want to have gravitas and you want to be known as somebody, and especially for the young ones in this group, the best thing you can do in your career is become that one specialist right now. Before you become a generalist, become that specialist where you become a go-to guy or a go-to girl for a particular attribute if you're, if you're really early in your career. Because from that specialist will evolve your generalist career. Um, because you need to have a grounding in something. That's my my view on how careers should evolve. It doesn't have to be that, but generally, you know, we say that as a as a venture investor. I say that to um, the companies as well. Be good at something, 
that people are willing to pay you for, and then you can add on more products and services. That applies to a person's career as well. So how do you build gravitas? Well, by being a specialist. If you are the default specialist on say, how to make, I don't know, pick something, Golgappas, <laughs> since I'm in the mood to have that. Uh, you be known for that. And then people will ask you and then start probably in your in, in, in this day and age, write a blog and, and then use all these tools and don't be shy about self-publishing and get to be known because that is not, while it's in people's face, it is not intrusive. They may choose to ignore it, but you're putting your stuff out there, right? So there's so many social media tools that you can use now, but be known for something and have an interest in some com like I'm writing actively on gender um, lens investing. And oh, by the way, might I put in a plug, Vishwani? Are we doing a survey for if there are any fund managers in this call? Uh, please take, I'd be happy to, and I can share with Vishwani with, uh, on our, our foundation website. We're doing a survey of first time female fund managers. So if you can get your, uh, your teams to fill that, that'd be great. But I'll share that with everyone after. Thank you. But I think it's important to recognize that you should build gravitas and you're never too early to build gravitas. You know, sometimes people think, oh, I'm just, you know, in my 20s, why do I, why, why would people, no. You know, if you have, and here's um, a, a favorite story of mine. One of my uh, friend's kids, she was with IBM's um, Ginny, who was the CEO uh, of IBM globally. And they were standing at a reception of baseball athletes. And uh, this girl and her boyfriend were there and, and they just got invited. And she was literally fresh out of college. So she was 22, 23, and the boyfriend was there. And Ginny didn't know the names of those young baseball players. And uh, thus the boyfriend did. And so by saving her the embarrassment of not knowing who those baseball in, in that reception, he stood out in the crowd. And so, you know, when, and then he said, and he was very quick to follow up and he wasn't even an IBM employee, but he took the opportunity to say, it was great that I could help you. Please let me know if I can be of any help. And Ginny wrote back an answer saying, you know, come, come see me at some point, which he did. <laughs> and that's how networks begin. So um, it's never too early for you to say, and he was really good at base. I mean, who would have known, right? An IBM CEO would need the intelligence of baseball players. And he did. So um, you're not never too young to start establishing uh, gravitas in a particular field, but it's, it's, it's very important that you pick an area and write about it, talk about it, blog, TikTok if you need to. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Um, so Shruti had a question which was also uh, asked by a lot of other members. So Shruti, would you like to unmute yourself and ask on behalf of everyone else? Thank you so much. Uh, hi Seema, it's a pleasure to be introduced to you. And uh, using your trick, I will be sending you an email after this. <laughs> Uh, so my question is, I'm great at networking the first conversation. I, I'm good at it. I can leave and like have the small talk, make an impression and leave it at that. To me, the part that I struggle the most is how do I take it forward to keep it that person sustained as a part of my network? Because usually it fizzles out after that. Yeah, and that goes to the follow-up and the frequency that that what I talked about. How often should you be in this? Look, our... Um, out of sight is out of mind because everybody moves on, right? I mean, 
think of it from your vantage point. If somebody was out of your, you know, vision or view or life, how often would you think about them? That is why being the giver mentality helps because then you're thinking, no, I'm not saying spread yourself thin and, you know, do this for everybody, but some of those people that you find important um, or can be important in the long term uh, or just, you know, maybe set aside 30 minutes in a week and say, I'm going to, and, and I make it a habit of if I find something that is useful, uh, I just copy and paste the link on a simple word doc and then I note down who I should send it to. And then, you know, on a Friday when it's slightly slow, I pick that link and say, hey, um, you know, Namita, I found this, you might find it useful. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, but you've been in their face and and that, that keeps you current so that when you need something from them, uh, you say, you know, uh, hope hope everything is going great. I need I need a favor, and be be genuine about your ask. Oh, the other thing I should say, don't try to um, make it seem like you're not asking them a favor if it is a favor, because that cheapens them. Many times people have this attitude that you, by me seeking your help, I'm letting you do something for me and you should be happy about it and that's more it's less of a woman thing it's more of a man thing yeah. saying i'm giving you the opportunity to help me so be grateful yeah. for it which is ridiculous and uh, and i tell the guy uh, you know do you realize who's doing the asking here <laughs> and, and try to to make it known that i'll help you but at least be a little more you know cognizant of being grateful so I would encourage you to uh, make it a practice of identifying. And you know, when you're reading so much, not everybody can read everything. So chances are you might come ac across something that is valuable to them. Um, and I, uh, you know, unless they block you from the email, I think it's good. <laughs> I think that's a risk we gotta take to network. But thank you so much, Seema, for sharing this. I think this definitely adds value to how to leverage it and continue having that person as a part of my network because it's no longer a network if it's just a conversation. And that's something that has happened to me because I have no immediate gift for them. I don't have an ask. And then, you, then for me, it's always like, how do I keep in touch with that person because I don't unnecessarily want to keep meeting them for a copy or for a conversation because I don't have something in the immediate to offer or to take up. And this is a fabulous suggestion. And Shruti, um, I, I'll add another instance, um, and some may call it a humble brag, but sometimes if you write an, a great op-ed, for example, I, I, I write a lot of op-eds now, I send it to them, or if there's somebody senior to me and I want their opinion, I, I again, assume the position of being a little polite and say, this is an op-ed that's coming out, I'd love your thoughts on it. And, mm -hmm. and again, Choose to remember to thank it. Oh, and the other thing that I have to emphasize, so yeah, so that that aspect that you, you may be writing something, ask them for advice or, and not advice in a heavy hand, a manner of saying, this will change my life. But, or you could have already written something and saying, I wanted to share this with you, I wrote it. And some, most of the time people are courteous enough to say, this is a great uh, piece that you wrote or congratulations, very well said, et cetera. But the other thing I want to emphasize is please give attribution. This is something that most people don't. And 
you know, if you, if there's a filmmaker here and you, if you win an Oscar, for example, or you win an award, it doesn't hurt to name that one person who helped you 10 years ago. Because again, it is the long game. And if you, you know, in your acceptance speech of any kind, remember that one person dropping an extra name is not going to cost you an extra minute, but it just endears you to that one person who says, I helped her 10 years ago even, and she remembered me. And that cements a personal relationship so strongly. Second, if you're using somebody's phrase that they have coined, for example, don't be shy about attributing it. So, you know, I, use, I did that in this meeting. I said, my boss said, now my boss is not in this meeting, but, you know, he's not going to know that I use his phrase, but I just make it part of my um, ethos to attribute what's not mine. I'm using it, but I'm also attributing it to the guy because he was the one who came up with this phrase. So, and a lot of people get a little uncomfortable saying, you know, I keep sharing all of this and nobody gives me attribution. And that's when um, you can differentiate yourself by being that one person, because most people do not give attribution. And so I'm not saying you go crazy again, it's a balancing act uh, and use that. But if it's something that stood out so importantly for you, it doesn't hurt. And if it's not yours, it doesn't hurt to recognize somebody else. Thank you so much, Seema. Absolutely, I think my notes are overflowing, Seema. Um, but there were a few um, asks in the chat box. If you could maybe sort of very quickly delve into, you know how your slide said networking is sleazy or it makes someone uneasy. Um, a lot of members actually wanted your two cents um, on it. So if you don't mind taking us um, over that particular bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I have a slide for it? Uh, I do have a slide for it. Basically, you got to reframe your, um, your relationship, essentially. So what you're, and that's when being a giver kind of helps, right? Let me see if I might have a slide on that. Um, but very quickly, um, yeah, I actually have unique situations. Let me share it really quick. Be because this might, I might have preempted that question, or maybe I saw that question and give me a second. So it'll be to the point, it'll be faster once I can get it up. Uh, so if, if did, did we see the slide or we didn't? This is where we paused. So that's okay. why we're stuck in all our heads. Um, well, essentially, yeah. So, you know, it's it's a relationship building. You're, you're building a relationship and you reframe. First of all, get your mind fixed. If in your mind, you continue thinking it's sleazy, it'll be sleazy. So fix it in your mind first and tell yourself you're building a relationship and, and be committed to it. And then, like I've been saying, um, be curious about what the other person is saying or asking uh, or offering rather. And then um, you can learn something from everyone. So I don't think, um, I mean, yeah, but I might be different. You got to understand the, it's the mindset, change your own mindset of saying I'm actually in a position to help somebody and it doesn't, you know, what goes around comes around, right? So see yourself as a giver and then it'll affect your mindset immediately. Super, Hopefully thank you. Um, I think we had one last question, which a lot of people seconded, which was um, around remote networking or networking in times when there is no physical contact. Uh, Nitima, would you like to unmute yourself and quickly ask Seema? Sure. Hi Seema, thank you so much. I won't take a lot of time. So 
uh sima so i feel that you know i'm good in networking be it you know at client side so i work in a consulting firm you know talking to them after meetings catching up over coffee lunches right you know and then just making a personal relationship also uh but just in this remote times right it's very tricky for someone to stay beyond a zoom call or you know it's just become very business to business and anything beyond that looks or seems slightly intrusive right uh, while you can start a conversation with some kind of a small talk there just too many people in the room uh, to do any small talk so any specific tips on that part what i've been doing with him a lot is either before the meeting or after the meeting um writing an email uh, and you know it the email could be in any shape or form in terms of saying oh uh, in preparation of the meeting i thought you might find something like abc useful post meeting i say based on everything we discussed in the meeting i came across something interesting that you might find an interest it's entirely okay for them to trash it um but they may find it interesting so again it's putting yourself as a person who's truly in, interested in and these are it doesn't have you don't have to vocalize and say i want to build a relationship with you but it's these acts that are subtle acts of build, that go a long way and then it's over a period of time right so it doesn't have to be in that moment you got to invest in the periodicity of it and 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 you go back to them um and do that and in fact this is actually for for all the introverts in the call this is actually a great time to up your game on networking because uh, it has level like if you are shy about approaching somebody physically writing an email like i've been saying is an easy way to bridge that gap so i i would not limit myself again it's a mindset don't limit it. change your mindset and say it's the long game it's not about just that one particular meeting i'm going to be in this relationship with this person for a very long period of time and you'll be amazed at how often how i mean i'm assuming a lot of you have uh, i'm not i'm i'm making no assumptions but suppose you have kids and and you you when they are going to college and they're going you know I, and i tell my kids that you chances are you'll need a favor say for an internship or something right having those networks that you've invested in for 20 years it's it becomes a lot easier to pick up the call, phone and say hey can you help my kid <laughs> so do it for them if not for yourself <laughs> love that thank you so much seema this is unfortunately a wrap um but it has been a pleasure to say the least to have you with us today i think we've all got our share of tips and tricks and thank you so much for sharing them members you've been an amazing audience and we hope to see you very soon please take care double mask and stay safe thank you so stay much safe. thank you all thank you